Hi there, this is Ben from You, Me, and the SEC. I wanted to pop in before our intro music for the show to share with you a new series that we are starting with this episode. It's called Under Review, and it's our chance to examine players, coaches, games, moments, and more from SEC football history and their collective impacts on SEC culture. You know, kind of like what we did with the mascots those two times, but better. Enjoy Under Review from You, Me, and the SEC. Welcome to You, Me, and the SEC, the podcast uh, about the intersection of SEC football and culture. Is this a dirty Q-tip right here? I think you used that for to oh, clean I did. one. Yeah. To try to fix uh, our podcasting equipment. Yeah, so you're trying to blame me. I see what you I just wasn't did blaming this. anybody. I was just asking a question. No, see, I see what you did because you have so much hand movement, free hands, so you can like go and pick up things, yeah. Which I have now today as well. We we've upgraded our equipment, aka Look, we've we've improved it, and now Brittany actually can do things with her hands. I can. So what are you going to do with your hands? I honestly, when I first started here, I was like, "What do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do." But now I'm I'm getting a little more comfortable, so we're good. So what are you going to do with your hands? I'm just going to rest them here, but I might gesticulate. Is that the right word? Uh huh. Um, wildly at some points, you never know. Uh, something that inspires a lot of passion for our under-review session today is, uh, that may beg some gesticulating, uh, is Peyton Manning. That's right. We're going to talk about Sir Peyton Manning. What is your first thought when you think of Peyton Manning? Um, probably one of those commercials he does. Was it Aflac? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he does. I think he does. Uh, because protein. I was thinking today, I was like, he does all these commercials, and then I had a hard time thinking about exactly what he has endorsed he's been all over papa john like okay i know that yeah i don't know if it's aflac or not has he been with the duck i think so i think he has think he yeah has that too. feels right yeah so uh well i think of football because that's what we're about here mm-hmm. uh instead of uh insurance and pizza um so peyton manning is our our first under review uh spotlight uh just looking at his career uh, as the quarterback at the University of Tennessee and also his cultural impact, uh, not only at the University of Tennessee, but also in the SEC at large. Uh, so we're going to start by going back to his roots in the beautiful city of New Orleans. Of course. I read a book today about Hurricane Katrina. Okay. It was really sad. Yeah. Like, Really bad. Um, but I, I, I did not know the Mannings were from New Orleans. You wouldn't think it. Like they, fe- I don't know where I thought they were. They from. feel very St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I, see I, that. I mean, I look at his forehead, and I'm like, that just, this just feels like Middle America. So, uh, Peyton Manning is the second son of three sons from Archie Manning, and Archie was a. I think most would say the the greatest player to ever play at Ole Miss, uh, quarterback in the 60s, and then he went on, you're speaking like New Orleans, where does this come in? He was the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, and apparently when he was their quarterback, they were bad. Mm. I mean, they were terrible. 
uh, they earned the nickname. I don't know if it was during this time, but like they they earned the nickname the Aints. Oh, that's sad. You know, you take the S off Saints. Yeah, that I, sucks. I, yeah, it's 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 a tough ride. Uh, uh, go ahead. Well, so while he he didn't play very long though at the Saints, I don't uh, think. I don't think so. So, uh, but this isn't about Archie. No, it's not. So. Um, I did watch that the Book of Manning, which I think I'd seen before. We I think we'd watched it before, and like man, that whole thing is just it's just a shrine to Archie. Which I'm like, this is lovely. I mean, he really I think you know is the the patriarch of the Manning family, but also that was like a long time ago. You talk about his impact at Ole Miss, uh, his wife, and I forget her name off the top of my head, uh, but his his wife was homecoming queen. Mm-hmm. at Ole Miss. So we're talking about like the power of all power couples. Yeah. And we, we and we saw this when we were in Oxford on campus. The speed limit is 18 miles per hour mm-hmm. and that's after Archie's number. Do you feel like 18 for college campus is that too quick or too slow? Um I think I think it's just right. I think that's why they the 18 it. is just right? Yeah. I, don't know, I feel like 25. Oh, okay. You think it's too slow. Can I like how fast can a person run? Um, not 18 miles per hour. I'm trying to think of that Office episode where Michael Scott runs by the, the speed limit thing. <laughs> yeah. And he gets up to 31 miles per hour, but that's only when the car comes by at the same time. But what were they, like 10? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. 18 feels a little slow. But, I mean, have you ever walked... Life have moves you ever, slow in Oxford. Have you ever driven around a college campus? Kids just pop out of nowhere. They do. They're I little stinkers. I feel like you need to, like... They just jump out from nowhere. Go slow because people... You can hit one. Right. Yeah, you're going to have one. Yeah, now with AirPods and, you know, man. Okay, anyways, so Peyton Manning, back to Peyton. Um, I'm just going to ignore what you're doing right now. I'm just seeing how well you can concentrate while I stick the Q-tip up my nose, but that's okay. Okay, so Peyton, again, like I said, was is the second son of Archie Manning, who had three sons. The oldest is Cooper, um, who was himself a football prodigy. Right. Uh, but he got diagnosed with a something disease. It spinal. was a, an issue with his spine. Yeah. And it was like pinched nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he had all the hype. Uh, you know, what's cool about Cooper is that he had committed to play at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. He played wide receiver in high school and was on uh, at Isidore Newman uh, High School in New Orleans. Uh, it, he was the senior on the team when Peyton was a, the freshman quarterback. Mm. Uh, so he had committed to Ole Miss and was going to go, obviously, and then got that diagnosis. He felt like some numbness in his feet, like at a practice in the summer, sometime around that, and then he uh, has to quit football. Yeah, I think it was pretty devastating for that entire family. For sure. And then, of course, his younger brother is Eli Manning, who did attend uh, Ole Miss right, and uh, go on to play in the NFL as well. Um, and also win Super Bowls. I believe won two of them as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Fun fact. Um, okay, so yeah, so he grew up in New Orleans, and when it was his turn to go to college, he was looking at 60 colleges. 60? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? 60 colleges. Isn't that amazing? So how do, how do you go from there? I don't even know. I don't even know how you do that. It's, I feel like this is like when, I mean, he didn't have offers from 60 places because I was about to say this is like when we bought our house and we had, what, 13 offers and we had to like go through them. Right. I wonder if he had to do that too. Um, 
And everybody, of course, wanted him to go to Ole Miss. Yeah, it, it puts him in a tough spot, I think. And if you're Peyton Manning, you know there's a lot of pressure for you to go to Ole Miss. But here's the thing. Ole Miss was terrible in the 90s, and they were awful. Yeah. Uh, and I think they had been on probation some. Um, so it, it just wasn't practically. It did not feel like a very good fit. And maybe this brings in a little bit of the middle child trying to kind of break away a little bit. That's one of his, theory. yeah, one of his uh, his final uh, selections, or at least finalist uh, for his sixty school uh, journey, was Michigan, uh, and he really thought about going to Michigan. And in the mid nineties, that would have been, you know, Michigan was top five program probably in the uh, in the country. Shared a national title ninety seven, so uh, that that would have been something that I think would have been seen with a lot of. Uh, a lot of favor, uh, but he did have a little bit of a feeling of like, I'm trying to get away from the SEC a little bit. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. away from my father's footsteps. I'm trying to like forge my own path. Uh, but that brought him to uh, the clutches of Tennessee. David Cutcliffe, who became the offensive coordinator for Phil Fulmer, had just been hired. And on his recruiting trip, uh, when Fulmer and Cutcliffe came to visit, Peyton Manning really connected really well with Cutcliffe. Uh, and what's interesting is that Cutcliffe is going to go on to be the head coach of Ole Miss that brings Eli Manning in. So Cutcliffe oh, wow. is a really important figure. Cutcliffe actually just retired. He was Duke's head coach for quite a while, and he just retired. So this is a name that's been around you know, football in the Southeast for a long time. Uh, and he commits to Tennessee uh, and decides to go to the Vols in part because he felt that A is going to kind of forge his own legacy, but also that Tennessee was in a good enough position. They had a really good quarterback going. His name was Heath Schuler, um, who ended up playing the NFL. Uh, he felt that he would be able to come in. I think Schuler actually would graduate before Manning gets there, but in, in any case, he could come in and not be the guy right away. And if he got to Old Miss, he would have had to have been the guy. Manning was actually looking for a place where he could come in and learn and develop and then go and and become the, the starting quarterback. You see in the SEC and high school football recruiting a lot these days is that these top quarterbacks go in and they are expecting to play right away. Right. Uh, it's not it's not always are they looking to play right away, but in many cases they do out of necessity. It's interesting that Manning was like, no, I want to come in and learn. Mm-hmm. I want to prepare myself, and then year two, three, and four, then I can be a, a bigger star. I wonder if that is has changed. Like, I wonder if it's less like that, if we have, like, more of an urgency with, like, knowing these five-star recruits and knowing more into the recruiting process um, that we, like, get antsier and we're like, just put them in. Just put in um, AK-14 or whatever that kid's name was. AK-14. Is that not what it is? Who was that? Who was the guy at uh, Florida last year? Uh, that had been AR-15, <laughs> which, of course, refers to the uh, the firearm. Uh, you may have been thinking about the AK-47, which, of course, is the Russian firearm, which is also the nickname for uh, former Utah Jazz basketball player Andre Kirilenko. Well, but let's you. just go with AK-14. Thank you, Google. For yes, that. Google just brought the hammer. But you know, like uh, you brought we, us the like, AK-14. We had awareness that he was such a good recruit and right. such a good transfer because he transferred, right? Who Manning? No, 
AR-15. Richardson. Yeah. No, I think it was just over. Okay, there. anyways. And, like, people were antsy for him right. to play. Right. So I'm wondering how much of that is, like, boosters even being antsy. And I wonder, I just wonder how much of that is the times now versus the 90s yeah, I think when we didn't have as like much. Like, Manning certainly would have gotten the attention as a recruit because of, um, you know, his father. Uh, the the Ole Miss connection was certainly strong there, and it was a big deal because he was so highly rated. But people knew him because he was Archie's son, right? And college football media. I mean, if you think about like the extent of media for fans to engage in in the early '90s was your your you know sports talk radio, okay, uh, and then your newspapers. I mean, and like local TV, like that's it. And it's not until the late '90s where you see the proliferation of message boards and eventually social media. And podcasts. So, like, there's there's so many. I think you're onto something to where, like, we expect these five-star quarterbacks to come in and make an impression, even if, like, the fact that, that maybe one of them comes in and sits, now all of a sudden we're like, they're going to transfer, right? They're going to jump right. into the portal. So, like, it's just such a different game now that if you see a five-star quarterback come in and sit the bench, there's going to be whispers. Mm-hmm. And the fans, certainly if the team's not doing well, they're like, He's here, right? Put mm-hmm. him in. You know, I think about Oklahoma last year. Spencer Rattler, you know, who is a five-star quarterback, doesn't play well, and they have another five-star behind him, Caleb Williams. So mm-hmm. They're like, let's put him in and see what happens. So I think you're on to something. I think we follow recruiting a lot easier now. There's a lot more to focus on. So that gets us more hype for these players. But then also the mechanics of the transfer portal almost deem the coach a lot more pressure to get them to play these players more. Right, right. So, But, yeah, so when he came in, so this is – just to give us some time context, yeah, um, we're dealing 1994. Yeah, so his first year at Tennessee is 1994, right? Um, and he begins as third string, so he's third string quarterback, yeah. which is what he wanted, and it's not surprising. And I will mention one thing because we won't kind of cross these paths again. That Manning will cross paths with this fell a little bit later is that Michigan missed out on Peyton Manning, uh, but the next year they added a a highly re- highly touted recruit from California by the name of Tom Brady. Yeah, Sir Thomas. Yeah. Sir Thomas, huh? Mm-hmm. Everyone's been knighted tonight. United Manning earlier. Yeah, maybe that should be a thing that I knight. Who people. do we knight in the SEC? I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened his first <laughs> season? Tell me. Can you tell me a little bit? Yeah. About that? So Tennessee gets off to a really slow start. Uh, they really struggle out of the gates. I think I have. Let me give the schedule here and what the results are. But the the big issue was that they had some injuries. Uh, right. At quarterback, and and they they get out to a a loss to UCLA. They were ranked thirteenth. Uh, they then beat Georgia <clears throat> in Athens, uh, and then they go down to Gainesville. Actually, Gainesville, uh, Florida comes to to Knoxville, uh, and crushes them. Number one, Florida, thirty-one nothing. Then they lose at Mississippi State. So they started one and three. So already you have like discontent. But the top two quarterbacks get hurt. Manning actually, I believe, got in in the UCLA game mm-hmm. uh, and threw, like, one pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, like, not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he comes in in the Washington State game. They play Washington State, which is totally random. But they play Washington State. Uh, it was ranked 17th. Uh, and they beat them 10-9. to And uh, Manning uh, plays that game uh, due to injuries and then will start the rest of the season. And they go seven and one, and their only loss is to Alabama. The rest of the season, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they end up eight and four with that, and he kind of ends the season as their starting quarterback. Yeah, and at this point, 
like if you are Phil Fulmer, it, this is uh, the Tennessee head coach. It's this is a guy you brought in to be your program. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be the face that's going to lead it. Uh, that's why they recruited him. So, I mean, maybe they didn't go to plan for it to to be like okay, you know, first year you're just going to sit, learn, reflect. He gets in and plays and actually doesn't do half bad. Um, so now you're going into your sophomore year and you're really going to see, okay, now maybe this is something uh, that we can build on. Right, and that sophomore year he does – they do really well. I mean, I yeah. think that they um, end the season ranked number four. I think they only have one loss right. that entire season, and he um, gets Heisman talks. I think he gets like sixth place in the Heisman Yeah, talks. that's that's right. Uh they you mentioned they lose one game they go eleven and one they lose to Florida uh, and this is we're in the 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 heart of the Steve Spurrier right. running gun offense that's the the along with Florida State Florida Florida State Nebraska Michigan are the strongest uh, programs in the country at this point they actually led that game against Florida uh, by nine at halftime thirty to twenty one but then they lost the second half forty one to seven. So, you know, this is going to be a running theme is can Peyton Manning get over the hump against Florida so they don't win the East. Uh, that's going to be Florida winning winning the East. But kind of the big thing from that sophomore year is Manning led Tennessee uh, to a win over Alabama, and that was Tennessee's first win at that point over Alabama since 1985. Oh, wow. Uh, so that was a huge – you know, if you're, if you're Tennessee, Tennessee, you know, traditionally Alabama – is arguably their top rival. Uh, we live in the, uh, a world in 2022 in which we don't really acknowledge that because of obvious reasons now. But, you know, for Peyton Manning to, to leave, that was in Tuscaloosa. Actually, it was played in Birmingham. Uh, but they beat Alabama 41-14. to So 11-1, six in the Heisman, uh, Citrus Bowl champions uh, over Ohio State. Uh, so, uh, again, you're going into junior year now, and – and you're thinking big, right? You're thinking real big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really in a good place. Um, so his junior year. So they lose to Florida. Yeah. Again, they're going to lose in the swamp. So this would have been like, okay, now we're actually we're, we're going to like have Tennessee at home. Tennessee and Florida traditionally play in September. So this is like a big game at the beginning of the year. Uh, they lose 35-29. Uh, that that year they played Ole Miss in Memphis, so this was a chance for uh, Ole Miss to maybe get some revenge. Uh, spoiler alert: they don't. Tennessee wins forty-one-three, but then uh, Tennessee loses. Uh, they go back to Memphis and play the Memphis Tigers, who were uh, had a three and six record at the time, and they lose to Memphis. Oh, wow. It's a shocking loss. Yeah. Uh, they they played them late in the season, so this is uh, you know that doesn't really impact their uh, SEC. Uh, East standings because Florida in 90, I think it was 96, they were just incredible. Um, or 95, 96, somewhere in there. So the, they're not going to challenge for that, but it certainly is a black hole or black mark on that season to lose to Memphis. Probably the most shocking loss of Manning's career. I would say so. And, and so you get to the end of the season and you're like, well, Manning has spent the required three years. And he did all of his credits to graduate. Oh, he's already graduated. Yeah. What did he graduate with? What uh, major? Speech communication. Speech communication. Which I feel like, in you know, hindsight, was a really good degree for him. I think it was I pretty solid. He's, he's been using that Can speech communicate com. well. He's done well for himself. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in any case, um, 
the question now is like, well, he's done, right? I mean, he spent the three years away from high school to be able to go pro. Um, you know, the whole question is like, well, what can you do to really like improve, you know, yourself another year? You know, you're going to continue to improve. He's, he certainly would have been a first-round pick. Uh, so the question is, is he going to come back? Right, and I think that there was a lot of um, high. I mean, even just thinking about how the program was when he was a freshman to um, how it was his junior year, like that. I think a lot of that was pointing towards him and his leadership right. and his talent. Right. Um. So, uh, of course, I'm imagining all of Tennessee wanted him to come back. Of course. You know, and the pressure. You know, to like be able to, and I think there were some. There were some questions, like there were some things that he would have left unturned, right? Like, hey, can I beat Florida? Uh, Can I get Heisman? Can I get a national championship? You know, like, I mean. Can I even win the SEC East? Can I even. (laughs) Which they hadn't done to that point. Right. So, like, I mean, there was a lot of things he could still do if he really wanted to. Right. Um, But then, you know, I guess, and I, I don't, in my mind, I'm thinking money wasn't really an issue for him. I would think not. I would no. imagine not. So, you know, like for some people it is, but I think for him it wasn't. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, he did have to kind of consider the the people's perspective. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, he, you know, he would certainly know that, uh, you know, we'll speak to this here in a few minutes, but being in a state where there are no pro sports franchises at this point, Tennessee football is the biggest show in town and across the state. So the pressure that he would have felt to make that decision, I think, would have been strong. Um, We actually have the audio of him making the announcement to come back, and we're going to play it for you, the listener, to hear. uh, Because I think it, it really shows, like, first of all, Manning's communication skills and his ability to, uh, I think, consider diverse points of view when making his decisions, but at the same time, the clarity of knowing that he was making this decision for himself. And, of course, the decision was what? That he stayed. That he stayed. So sorry to take away the drama, but we'll go ahead and play the clip right here. Like uh, Peyton Manning is coming. Let's hear what he has to say. Everybody is waiting and getting a nice hand as he steps to the microphone. I'm not going to try and make this a dramatic ordeal, but there are a few comments I'd like to make. I guess the one thing that's been running through my mind over and over the past couple of months has been to hurry up and know, Peyton, hurry up and know. That's what I've been telling myself. Well, yesterday morning I woke up with a huge sense of relief because I finally knew what I was going to do. I've had an incredible experience at the University of Tennessee with all the people I've met, learned from, and become friends with here. College football has been great to me. So have the people and the coaches and the players that I've played with the past three years. I also want to have a great experience in pro football. As difficult as it's been, I knew I couldn't make a bad decision. But I knew whatever decision I made had to be my own decision and nobody else's. I want to thank the people close to me, especially my mother and father, for allowing that to happen. I thoroughly researched the situation and gathered a great deal of information. I've asked dozens of people what they thought, and I've prayed a lot about it also. I knew I wanted to be 100% sure of my decision. Somebody asked me this morning, what was the one thing that helped sway my opinion and helped me decide? Well, there wasn't one thing. It was just like when I signed here. It was just sort of a feeling. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee.
So Peyton Manning comes back, and he's back for one last ride. Uh, will Tennessee beat Florida? That's the question. That will be the question. Spurrier is still there. Spurrier is still there. Uh, the old ball coach is, is rocking and rolling. So answer the question for us. Does Peyton Manning beat Florida? He does not. He does not. No. It does not happen. Uh, Manning, that fairy tale did not happen. No, right it does not happen. Uh, it goes 0 for 4. Um, and let me get, let me just see here what the the score of that was. Um, 1997. Here we go. Yeah, 33-20. Yeah, I mean, so not that close. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, wonder how frustrating that is you know to have because again florida in the 90s was is not florida in the 2010s it's a it's a different program florida right? florida then is alabama today right so like losing to them is not like what is going on right <laughs> it's not like super frustrating but it's more it's more i wonder if you could even compare it to georgia alabama the past couple years under Kirby, you know, probably, like, yeah, we should be able to do this, right? And it's but just, we just can't. It's just something you can't get over the hump. And are you just out coached? Yeah, you know, like is that what it kind of came down to? But to Manning's credit, I mean, Tennessee turns it on, and they do not have the rest of the year. They only have one game in which they win by seven points or less. And of all teams, that was against Vanderbilt uh, on Senior Day. They beat Vandy seventeen to ten. Uh, so, uh, and then Florida loses twice during the season. So Tennessee wins the SEC East, goes to the SEC championship game, and defeats Auburn thirty to twenty nine uh, for an SEC championship for Peyton Manning and for the Tennessee Volunteers. So, and it they, was a very exciting game. And very much a, so. It yeah, was a comeback victory for them, and so they. So he does end his career um, as SEC champs. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, you can't beat Florida, but you do come back and you win an SEC title game. And even though they go to the Orange Bowl and lose to Nebraska, who uh, was also good. Well, yeah, number two in the country. Nebraska goes on to share the national title with with Michigan. They get beat pretty good, pretty good in that game, 42-17. I believe Manning had like a minor knee injury that he was battling in that game as well. But in any case, you, you end the career – uh, and, and an amazing career it was. Uh, and Manning goes on, um, of course, to to be drafted number one in the the NFL draft, the Indianapolis Colts. Well, before we go on to there, so my question is: This is probably since Peyton Manning, we just know him as one of Tennessee's best quarterbacks, best players of all time. This would be the height of Tennessee in the '90s, right? You would think. You would think. You would think. You would think that they would have a down year after this, right? Right. Because right. King Sir Peyton has left. Yes. But is that what happened? Uh, uh, no, it does not. And the next year, uh, we know that Tennessee, with T. Martin as quarterback to to replace Peyton Manning, they go undefeated and they win a national championship, which is just crazy. And, and we'll come back. I want to come back to that point and, and talking about our impressions, kind of what he means. Uh, to Tennessee because he does have this amazing career. They win two Citrus Bowls. They win an SEC championship. Uh, they're one of the top five programs in the country. Um, he finishes second in the Heisman, which some people still consider ridiculous. He, he finishes second to Charles Woodson of Michigan. 
but and you would think, okay, Tennessee's going to come back to earth, and and they go on and win the national title the next year. Uh, Manning finishes his career though with eleven thousand two hundred one yards passing, eighty nine touchdown passes. That is, uh, those are both still school records uh, to this day, and I would imagine they would be for a long time unless Josh Heupel stays around for a long time and they are going to throw for a million yards because that's what they do. So, in any case, uh, goes on, plays in the NFL, wins two Super Bowls, uh, five MVPs, and is one of probably, you know, top five quarterbacks of all time. And if not for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, would have probably won two or so more Super Bowls because right. uh, it, they they will certainly have their rivalry uh, it, when he was in Indianapolis, but also in Denver. Uh, with the Broncos, which is where he, uh, I believe, where he finishes his career. Yeah. So he, when he like started at the Colts, supposedly they were terrible. Yeah. Uh, and he really revolutionized that franchise. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. So like he did do a lot of really amazing things in the NFL, and I think there's something to say to that because you know, like when we think of Archie Manning, we think of Old Miss. When we think of Peyton Manning, is the first thing we think about Tennessee, or is it his NFL career? Uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's the NFL. I think it is too. I, th- I think that when an athlete is a, a transcendent NFL player or or professional player, whatever league he's in, you're going to think about at that stage because that's where they are for the majority of their their sporting life. Right. I um, think that, like, like Tom Brady, I think the fact that he went to Michigan is, like, a fun trivia fact. Right. It's not, like, a defining characteristic to him in most people's eyes. The New England Patriots is. Right. You know, that's, like, his defining feature. Was never beating Florida, is that a defining aspect of his career? Like, when you think of, like, the type, like, three bullet points of Peyton Manning's UT career, like, is not beating Florida, does that define him? I, I feel like it has to because it's so consistent and such like it has to be his Achilles heel, right? Right. Because like, I mean, he, that was almost the only team he lost to every year, you yeah. know? And then, yes, he didn't also didn't get the Heisman, which he could, could, should have. He didn't win, even go the national championship, which he might have, could have, should have, would have, right. you know? But he really, he should have beat Florida. Like that one, I think is the most. Feel like he needed to, and it was need- there. And I think his problem is that the home and away. Like if he had gotten Florida in Knoxville senior year, I think there's there's a good chance, you know. But it, it just didn't turn, turn out. It's funny you brought up like Achilles Seal, and I think about Hercules, the movie, and like how <laughs> the Disney movie, right? Okay. And like how he actually kind of looked like that character. He does. You know, and yeah. I'd always thought that Hercules in that movie looked a lot like Harry Kane, you know, uh, star striker for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, but now I'm thinking that Peyton Manning and Harry Kane kind of favor each other. I've never really thought about that before, so that's another mm. thought for another day. But, like, when we look at these heroes um, in college football, like, they sometimes – like what makes you a hero is the fact that you are still somewhat human and we can relate. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that he never could get over the Florida hump makes him a lot more relatable than say someone like Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. who, you know, makes the speech after the Ole Miss loss in 2008, and they go on to win the national title. Like mm-hmm. it's like this, 
it's like too elevated. Scripted. Yeah, it's it too, scripted. too scripted. It's like Disney just sat here for too long. But Peyton Manning, there was like this this tragic foil mm-hmm. that he had, and that was Steve Spurrier. And actually, it was Spurrier who quipped during the '90s, "Is like you can't spell citrus without UT," which Steve Spurrier is so great. But Gosh. like that really showed and, and illustrated that there were limits to Manning's. Um, powers and it almost makes him more endearing mm-hmm. that this guy is not coming in and it's like a god but he's someone who had this tragic flaw and he never could get over the hump of beating florida that just thinks it makes him a lot more relatable during his time at ut yeah there's like there's just more depth to right. like his story that it was not like picture perfect you know and that he was able to overcome every triumph you know because that's not life right that's not life so going back to his decision to not go to Ole Miss, like what do you make of that? I mean, again, I'm I'm putting that as a middle child decision. You know, I think that he probably wanted to do his own thing, and I I can't like putting myself in his position of where what I imagine his position would have been. I kind of I could I can see why you know like how much more pressure would you be under if not only are you following your dad's footsteps but also what your brother could have been there right, you know right. like I do think that that was still very fresh in everybody's mind that like Cooper should have been here yeah that was only a couple years away and I think it mattered because I believe that Eli was was younger the gap between Eli and Peyton was bigger than the gap between Cooper and Peyton. Yes. So, like, Peyton playing with Cooper in high school, like, there was that. I think there were a lot of factors that led him away from Ole Miss. I think the fact he, he's not growing up in Oxford. I think if you grow up in Oxford, that makes it a that makes it a lot more difficult to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be a lot more painful for Ole Miss. But I don't think Ole Miss in the 90s had any sort of expectation that uh, they would be able to, to hold on um, or, or attract uh, a top quarterback. By the time that Eli Manning comes around, uh, a name that, that we know well now, Tommy Tuberville, had built Ole Miss into a, a respectable power that when he leaves and Cutcliffe comes in, that it makes that a lot more uh, a lot more meaning, meaningful. Yeah, and you know, like I kind of try, you know me, I, I have to um, translate this into my own Georgia viewpoint. <laughs> So, like, we also have a um, name from the past that is, like, Georgia football. Who was really good? Oh, Herschel Walker, right? right? Which we could talk a lot about Herschel Walker right now and current events, but we will not. Um, But, like, imagine if Herschel had a kid and he was. You're you're helping me to imagine that Herschel had a kid? (laughs) I don't know if he did. I don't know anything about Herschel and his family. But you're really not following what's going on. But we don't have to talk about that. Oh no, tell me. I, I don't want to. We don't want to get into it. Does he have a is that part of his thing? Is his kid? There it's part of let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so if his kid played football and was really, really good, then do I just need to cut all no, of no, this? No, okay. no, no, this is good. Okay. So if he if Herschel had a kid who played football and was really, really good and he was looking at places and then decided to not choose Georgia. Right. How would that make me feel? You know, I think I would be annoyed, but part of me would be like, yeah, I get it. Well, it depends where he goes. I mean, if Peyton goes to Mississippi State, I mean, that's a Right, you know, but that's if he decides to go to, like, Oklahoma yeah, or stay in the SEC if he's, he decides to go to LSU. Or Texas. Or Texas. Yeah. Right. Then, I mean, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that you wouldn't want to 
Right. And if and it's not Georgia today who just won a national championship, but Georgia and maybe like, you know, two thousand one. Right. Actually we were pretty good then. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. Nineteen ninety nine, sure. maybe. So <laughs> two years earlier. Big difference. <laughs> um what does Peyton Manning mean to the SEC then, now? Just kind of to to put a bow on it. I think that um as his career moved on to the his professional life um he's become i think he's become less impactful to sec as um a small entity entity but a bigger impact and influence on football as a whole so i think that like it's like the 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 spotlight just moved from the sec and college football and just pulled out a little bit and now his impact is bigger and wider than just the SEC that I think that it's still under there but he is I think due to his person his due to his talent and his stats and his skills um but also due to his personality I mean he hosted SNL you know like what like real what former football player could really hold their own and do that um he hasn't had a lot of scandal you know, like no, he seems like nothing. a pretty nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, that I think with all of that, I think that he um that he just still he has more influence on football as a whole, which I'm thankful for. And I think that that's not a bad thing. I think that there once he retired, I think, you know, Tennessee has had a few bumps in the road, let's say the last ten years. And I think that there has been always some sort of like fever dream for some Tennessee fans that he will return to Rocky top in some sort of professional and and specific role. But I think you're right. I think he, he has transcended sec culture, but it is still a, it's, it's his roots, right? So like it helped Tennessee gave him the platform. His father through Ole Miss gave him the platform to be able to be a star, but he had to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the greatest testaments to his career and Eli's as well. I mean, Eli gets the you know gets overlooked criminally, I think, um, because of what Peyton was able to accomplish. But he did the work, and he he did not let a his name just kind of carry the weight. His work ethic was was and is just unreal and uh, the accounts of the amount of time that he would put in to prepare uh, when he was at Tennessee and obviously as a professional uh, has made him into the star that he is today and I think if you're Tennessee like you could not have any better ambassador Mm -hmm. to someone who did not uh, rest he didn't let like his senior year of college be his last and his top like he didn't peak there Mm -hmm. you know And, and I think if you're Tennessee like you can claim this guy as someone that everyone knows and like, Hey, we are a part of his story. We are not his story, but we're a part of it. Right. And I think that, you know, it just his time at UT. I, I love, you know, growing up as a kid in the mid nineties to, to me, the biggest sec game every year was Florida, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And there is a big part of me, you know, I, I would hate to see both of those schools good again. You know, right, you know, consider like top five or whatnot because it's it's been since then that they were at that point. But that rivalry, there's something about it, and there's something about that it was always in September, still is. Something about Tennessee and Florida. There's a little bit of magic there that has been lost, and 
you know, when we think back on the 90s as being a time where, you know, Steve Spurrier at Florida is so dominant, but every year he had to battle old Peyton, and it just was like it was one of the, at that time, the, the, the best rivalry in the conference, and it, there's a big part of me that hopes that someday it will return to where we, every year, hopefully the new schedule, the Florida-Tennessee can be something that we can look forward to. Yeah, and I get that that is your nostalgia speaking and not your practice. So here comes the rain on the parade that I'm having over here on this side of the room. You're like, listen, I hear you. Stop living in the past. I just really don't want Tennessee and Florida to be good again. That would just be super annoying. Well, I'm looking at it as for the good of the whole and and not as a thing. Sure. Because those were the days where when Kentucky would play Tennessee, we'd lose like 55 to nothing. And it would just not be any doubt. Yeah. So that I don't want to go back to. Right. What's your final thought on Peyton Manning? Um, what does Omaha mean? <laughs> when he gives the audibles at the line of scrimmage, Omaha was just like a code word for some sort of play that they were going to run. Okay. Or formation change. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's it. There's no deeper meaning to that. It's also uh, the largest city in Nebraska. Anyways. So I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And it's been you, me, and the SEC.